0: i today is the glory of knowing Christ. It's something that's very applicable to all of us, every day. Knowing Christ and the glory of doing that. And in these verses, Paul warns the church about false gospels, calls them dogs again, which is always fun, and uh, reminds them of the means and the glory of knowing Christ. So, the means of knowing Christ and the glory of knowing Christ. So, again, Philippians 3, chapter or or chapter 3 verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read now. Um, ESV over here. Let's pay attention to God's word. Pay close attention. A lot going on here. 1 through 11. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, big passage this morning. So in the passage, he describes to us what a Christian isn't. He talks about what a Christian is, how one can become a Christian. It covers quite a bit of stuff. So this is the kind of passage that changes lives because it covers so much about us and God and how we have a relationship with him and how we know him. Um, This is that thing that people really want, but they don't really know quite yet that they want it, to know Jesus. So it's a deep cut um, for all of us, and we all have to come to grips with it and choose to delight in this kind of passage or be like, that's not really something that I want. Um, John seventeen three says, and this is eternal life that they sent or that they sorry. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So salvation is about knowing Jesus Christ. And knowing Jesus isn't merely, a, isn't merely um, knowing about Jesus, right? Um, it's about having a relationship with Jesus. So I remember growing up in a church, it wasn't too great. And whenever, this is kind of how it was for me as a kid. Whenever I would hear passages like this or things about um, believing or knowing knowing Jesus, I would just think, oh yeah, like, I know him, I'm saved. I don't know if that was the same for anybody else. It's like, we're good. Like, it was kind of like, Jesus was kind of like the CEO of an insurance company. And people were like, do you know the CEO? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I use his coverage. <laughs> it's like, but I'm just like sidestepping the question. Just like, I don't know, I, use, I just use his coverage. But I'm not answering the question at all about actually knowing the CEO of the company. Um, that's how I viewed it for a long time as a child but there's a problem with that because to repeat myself the salvation is about knowing Jesus Christ not just kind of knowing about him or knowing about what he does and trying to benefit off of him I think we see that with relationships too you have that you know that person who has a lot of friends but all they really have is they just have, like, a contact list full of people who have, like, things. Oh, they can get us in for free at this place, or if we go to this one place, we can get free pizza or something. It's like, are they really friends, or are this just a list of people who benefit you in certain ways? Um, that's not what we want with Christ. So every, every person here who believes in Christ has a relationship with him. We all have a relationship with Christ, every single person here. And you're learning more about him every day, is what that means. You're learning more about how to serve him as your Lord every day. You're becoming more like him every day. That's a big thing. Um, And if you don't think you're doing these things, if you don't feel like that, you don't feel like you're knowing him more, learning more about him, becoming more like him, feel kind of idle today, or if you feel like you've never done that, then... I would encourage you to listen very closely to this passage Um, and maybe for a while just munch on this passage because it could very well save your life so firstly let's just look at uh, it's philippians 3 1 through 11. thank you Uh, we'll look at verse 1 a little closer it says finally my brothers rejoice in the lord To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. And the finally here, it's not, (laughs) the book put it funny. The book was like, the finally here isn't the finally you hear at the end of a sermon that never seems to end. Um, No, it's uh, it's better translated as so then. Um, So, so then. So that makes sense with the letter because Paul isn't like almost done with the letter. He's about halfway through the letter. And now he's going to... um, Pick up a theme of rejoicing and carry on the idea of emulation about halfway through his letter. So, when Paul talks about also, when he says to write the same things, he's probably referring to what he has already taught them. Um, when he was said, what do you guys think Paul taught the church of Philippi when he was setting up the church of Philippi? What do you think the main things Paul taught them when he was setting up the church of Philippi? They'd be like, these same things I'm going to repeat to you. Well, it must have
1: been exactly what he's doing here because he said it, and mm-hmm. he's telling them the same thing.
0: Right. And like, like we've talked about, this, this letter is so gospel heavy. He probably taught them so much about the gospel um, to rely on it very heavily. Uh, what do you think he means when he says, rejoice in the Lord in verse 1? What does that look like?
1: they were going through in Philippi would tend to make anybody discouraged and depressed. Hmm. So they needed to know that they should rejoice in everything. And is it before or after this in Philippians he says rejoice and again I say rejoice and again and (laughs) and again and again. Yeah,
0: Yeah. They're able to rejoice in what they're trying to do. Because Christ already did it, and because Christ is their example. Um,
1: well, night, didn't we just discuss that um, last week? Um, oh, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The, the, something about it, you, it, you have the—you have, the, have the privilege of suffering. Right. For Christ's sake.
0: Mm-hmm. They can rejoice in that suffering. Um, well,
2: you know, two things. You know, about the repeat, I think in, in our society today, one is we're not supposed to suffer. And two is, it seems like there's a certain amount of us that's always looking for this new thing. Yeah. And it's not new, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's simple. It doesn't change. There's no gimmick. It's just yeah. I mean there's no new way really of building a church other than just simply preaching God's word mm-hmm. and uh, and and spread the gospel right. Although we keep trying to have that magical thing, you know, if we you know, if we redo the foyer outside. People come in and go, wow, I think I want to come down.
0: Yeah, that's a weird one because. Yeah, that's one of those weird ones, because in the end, we'll be constantly taking in the, in the infinite character and amazingness of God. So it's, it's kind of like we have this little weird itch for it now, but we run to sin. And it's also, I think, from a practice of sin, because with sin, it's like you always have to go to something new because every, every well runs out. So you're constantly doing something new. So then when you come over to knowing Christ, you're like, it's just like the same thing. Ugh. I'm, I'm tweaking. <laughs> it's a like, um, strange.
3: so can rejoice in almost saying even more so rejoice in the Lord.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: Also maybe them on too.
0: Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. That's a good point. Um... He's very gospel-heavy to them, and this is really helpful for us. He he just wants them to continue relishing and rejoicing in what Christ did and in the gospel. Um, He knows that they'll be protected if they continue to study the true gospel regularly. Um, And we'll see that. That's kind of like why he's mentioning false teachers later. Like, stick to the truth, um, rejoice in the truth. Um, He wants the church in Philippi and we want this at our church too, um, to remain as a church that constantly reminds one another of the gospel, rehearses the gospel, sings the gospel like we do, and proclaims the gospel. But not just for the unbelieving, it's for us as well. It's for the believing to build us up and to keep our trust and our passion in the gospel. And this is the environment, um, this, this church in Philippi and this church here, this is that kind of environment and that kind of family where you can see God, um, who began a work in us, bring it to completion in Jesus Christ. As we continue through the the rest of the passage, let's look at it in two parts. We'll look at verses two through six, and those will show us three marks of those who know Christ, like three marks of a true Christian. 2 through 6. And then 7 through 11 will be How to Know Christ and it kind of it's kind of interesting those verses kind of dig into justification, sanctification, and glorification. We <clears> have <throat> yeah, verses 2 through 6. Somebody want to read verses 2 through 6 again? <clears throat>
4: But no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I am more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew Hebrews, as to the law of literacy, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless.
0: Thank you. So we got three marks that pop out here Christians specifically serve by the Spirit of God and they specifically boast in Christ Jesus we will get to the third one here in a second we're looking at verse 3b um, he says if we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God um, and when he uses the word worship it's more than what we're doing here on Sunday mornings right It's not just going to Sunday every morning and calling it good. Um, He's talking about service. He's talking about a lot more than Sunday morning. Um, A life fully devoted to God and spiritual service. Believing, evangelizing, discipling, studying, praying, obeying. I would say, too, meditating. I think that's pretty clear. He's pretty clear about that in Joshua 1.8, Psalm 1. Loving God, loving others, rejoicing over blessing, mourning over sin and its effects, amongst many other things. Um, I asked a couple of weeks ago. We'll give it a shot again. Get <laughs> somebody here. Quote Romans twelve one. It? What? It's the word of God. Do you want to whisper it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is, sorry. I'm not helping. The of God
1: that you present your body as a living sacrifice, fully acceptable to God, which is your spiritual
0: service. I love all the Something murmurs. Like spiritual. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Something in there. I like the teamwork. Spiritual worship. Um, it's a spiritual worship, right? So true Christians possess the Spirit. Uh, we worship by the Spirit of God. So Paul said to the Christians in Rome, um, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So that's a pretty uh, clear, very specific characteristic of the Christian. It's a distinguishing mark. The Holy Spirit dwells within every single one of us. Um, Jesus talks about this too. John 4.23 he says but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him so this is who God wants to worship him this is who He's seeking so I love that breakdown from Christ that the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth I like the separation there I've met atheists whose main goal in life is to seek and uphold the truth Sounds a lot like Christians, seek and uphold the truth. So there's another part of it that's very, very important. Um, We have the same goal, but the truth we seek and hold up is different, especially because of the Holy Spirit within, because the Holy Spirit interprets the truth, and the Holy Spirit makes us bear fruit. Um, It grows us. It bears Christ-like fruit in us. So you need to ask yourself, and this is really important, because I think a lot of people can go to church for a very long time and realize that they're not really worshiping in the Spirit. Do I worship God out of my own strength and my own understanding or do I worship him out of his spirit and his teaching? It's a very important question to take with you. And I think that we can have times, it's important for everybody because we can have times where we kind of like, kind of back out a little bit. (laughs) Want to like lean on my own understanding a little bit. Things are kind of hard. I don't really care about God. I don't really want to do it. (laughs) And we need to come out from the shadows and be like, No, it's the Spirit of God. That's the only way, and He's the only one who can interpret this, and I can't take in the Bible and make it work for me wherever I want it to, and things like that. So it can be easy for us out in the world to forget that we have this Holy Spirit in us because it feels so so non-empirical. It feels so fantastical, but it's absolutely true, and it's beyond true. It's very, very crucial to your life. Another thing about us is we boast in Christ Jesus. Paul adds that the true people of God glory in Christ Jesus. Another translation says boast as well, um, which can also be understood as just this intense, intense boast. So we see it in Galatians 6.14. If you want to go there really quick, Galatians 6.14. So we don't glory in our earthly status. In our achievements or our gifts, well, I mean, I say that, but we definitely do, but we shouldn 't glory in our earthly status, our achievements or our gifts, um, personal boasting in salvation is excluded for the Christian. Um, we can attempt to, but it doesn 't do much and because salvation has come through the work of Jesus on the cross, which was a gift, let me say again, it was a gift. Um, the sovereign and gracious God. Gave us that gift. First Corinthians one thirty one says, "As it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord." So if I'm going to boast at all, boast in the Lord. And I love how it has that as it is written. It's like this has been a thing for a long time. <laughs> if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Calm down. Uh, somebody want to read Galatians six fourteen? Far be it
4: from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus
5: Christ. By which the world has been
0: crucified to me, and I to the world. I was at that retreat not that long ago, and he was talking about that verse. Anybody, I don't know, anybody here had the experience of getting totally rocked by that verse for a while? I think I was rocked by it for like a week. <laughs> I couldn't get it off my mind. It felt like the answer to every question in life. It's like, If I'm feeling bad, well, far be it for me to care about that, because I'm just going to boast in the Lord. doesn't matter, does it? (laughs) It's like this person, I know Kayla had some crazy guy in a truck today annoying her the entire way. She was on the way to my house. Far be it for me to care about that. I'm just going to boast in the Lord. Um, That is such a heavy verse. What does it look like to you to boast in Christ? What do you think it means here to glory in Christ Jesus? Is it like the kind of thing where it's like I go on Sunday and I do that and then out in my life I kind of talk about that when I can. Um, Is it like I bring it up when I think about it? Like, What do you think boasting in Christ is supposed to be for all of us? How are we putting this into practice?
2: All the things he's done for us. Salvation,
0: the whole bit. Oh yeah, that's what we boast in for sure. When 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 do you boast about that? Do you think, like for yourself?
2: God yeah, so he Did it all for me. I can't.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's when it's the first thing that comes to your mind when something happens when you lose your keys and and you find them and it's the first thing that comes to your mind when you when you find. <laughs> It's, thank you, God, for helping me, you know, for pointing these out to me, or helping me find these.
0: Okay. So kind of like always giving God the credit?
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and not just to yourself, but when others are around, when when, you know, when you're at work and someone applauds you for you know, something you were able to get done, mm-hmm. you know, Always be if that being the first thing that comes to your mind. Well, you know, God helped me through that. I, you know, I was praying about that, and God helped me through that.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Us are
4: just giving him thanks for everything all day, you know. Yeah, especially when you put it out like your keys or something. Um, For me, it's every morning before I start my work. Mm. Well, before I get out of bed, even, just giving him thanks, you know, Lord, thank you for giving me another day to serve you. Mm -hmm. You know, and then before I start my work, knowing that that job, I mean, everything comes from Christ, but when when he has specifically shown you something, you have this because of me, and starting your time, your morning off, Praying to Him, asking Him for His guidance and His direction and His wisdom to get through what you need to do. Even if it's something that you absolutely despise doing in work, but you know, you're just like, you want to put it off, but you're like, no, I, dang, I have have to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And you ask Him, Lord, you gave me this job, I need you to help me figure this out. You know, and when you get it done, then you're just like, thank you, Father. Thank you for helping me with this. Thank you for giving me your wisdom today in all things.
0: Yeah. The whole experience is focused, pointed on God. Yeah. It's about God. He gets the glory the whole time. Yeah. What are you going to say, Dad?
2: I was
3: listening to the term uh, boast. And too often we hear that term and we think pride.
0: Okay. And
3: it's really praise, is what he's talking about right yeah. And captured it in glory in mm-hmm. what he says. And you want to kind of remember that is ongoing praise for, for
0: the Lord. Yeah. We talk about a lot of external, and it's, it's internal, too. It's with the way that you think, um, the way that you feel. Like, am I feeling these things because I'm thinking about what God wants and who he is? Am I thinking this way? Um, that's a huge one, because I think we can easily separate the outside from the inside. And I think Christ told us, like, good luck doing that. It's not going to work because what well, comes out. Um, but so we need to do it internally, too. And we need to look at our lives and see where our passion for Christ is. Um, he commanded us to be a light, like to be salt and light. So if we're boasting in Christ and being a light like Christ told us to be, we need to make sure we're doing that. Like if you look at your past week, um, I won't say your, your whole past life because I don't want to make anybody cry, but if you look at your past week, what does your boasting look like? Does it look like boasting in myself, in my problems, right? I think that happens too with, with difficulties or like It's just so frustrating. It's like you're focusing on your view of the situation, not God's view of the situation, which he has made very plain to you many times for your benefit. Um, Do you think that, and you have to consider too, um, because I think sometimes we can look back and be like, yeah, I didn't do so well last week. But on top of that, what do you think would have happened if you would have boasted more in Christ last week? Try to work it out in your mind. What do you think would have happened? Well, maybe some people would have been more offended, but in total, like I think I would have been a lot more joyful and a lot less sinful, which is better, I think we know, but like, really weigh it out and really... Because then, then you can really find that passion, right? If you weigh it out and look at it, it's like, I have to have this. I don't want this. Um, sometimes it takes some time to really find the passion in it. Um, another huge mark this is a big one this um, is uh, verses three through six is "We put no confidence in the flesh." I think this is a big one. I think it's funny that it's a big one, because it's one that we struggle with. that <laughs> so we put no confidence in the flesh.) We serve by the Spirit, we boast in what Christ did and who he is, and we put no confidence in the flesh. Um, the reality of our world is that everyone has their confidence somewhere. Um, I think you could talk to people. some people would be like, no, 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 I just go with the flow. No, that's so not true. Um, it's like, you have confidence in going with the flow. You have confidence in the flow! you have confidence in what? Um, No, everybody has confidence in something. Um, Whether it's in their own thinking, um, the I think, therefore I am, Descartes uh, poison in the world. Or maybe it's uh, in the joy they have with their spouse. Or the joy they have with raising their kids, the smiles they see on their kids' faces. It's like, that's why I live. That's my confidence. Um, Maybe it's in their expertise or their Gifts and talents. I often think about like what, how crazy it must be for a Christian who's like incredible at something. How hard it must be, <laughs> to just like no, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's like, but you're amazing. It's like no. Um, we don't want to put confidence in that, even though the world tells us like you take that and you make yourself with that. Um, so we as Christians, we have our confidence in Christ. And I think you would all agree, when we as Christians um, put our confidence somewhere else, things get really awkward (laughs) and really troublesome. Um, I feel like, yeah, earlier in life it was very troublesome, but now the closer and closer I get to Christ, it's just really awkward. (laughs) It feels like, why do I not feel right about this? Um, It's a strange feeling trying to... Trying to do that. It's really hard to put your confidence in other things when you know those things are transient and Christ is forever. Um, So what Paul does here, which is really, really great, is he goes on to list. He makes this list of religious privileges he had and religious accomplishments. But he does this to show how these are things he doesn't boast in. Um, He lists us four items pertaining to his birth privileges as a Jew, and then three more that draw attention to his own religious achievements. So let's walk through them and see how we should be like Paul and not put our confidence in these things. Um, So firstly, don't put your confidence in a ritual. And Paul says he was circumcised on the eighth day. And this is completely obedient to God's command and a first-class way of showing that obedience. Uh, this is similar today to people who have confidence in their baptism. Uh, you talk to somebody, you're like, do you do you know Jesus? You're trying to evangelize. Do you know Jesus? And they're like, I was baptized as a kid, so yeah, I'm good to go. You're like, oh no, that's not it. <laughs> uh, you don't want to put... Confidence in your ethnicity. Uh, Paul says he was of the people of Israel, which means he was of the race of Israel. He was not a Gentile who converted to Judaism, but the, the, the real thing, sorry, to be careful in this culture, he was pure, <laughs> pure Jew. Ancestry. Uh, <laughs> what? Ancestry. There you go. Ancestry. But um, your ethnicity... Is a God-given characteristic and deserves none of your confidence when it comes to salvation Um, we need to be really careful and I'm not trying to offend anybody but it's very clear (laughs) that Satan is playing this card right now very very hard Um, he made I don't know maybe he's been doing it for a long time but I think we all know it's very clear that he is trying to get people to be so prideful about their ethnicity um, but we just have to ask, what is that? What, are, we, are we proud because it was given to me by God? That's fine. You know, oh, I'm so happy with what God has given me, and I embrace that, and it's wonderful, and I could use it for the gospel, I could use it for the Great Commission. Or has it become a badge of honor that shows our hard work and our perseverance, even through, I would say, even through oppression? Has it become that? Like, we survived. We survived. It's like it's about God, and that's what it should be. You'd be like, I think of the, like the the slaves, who sung hymns all the time, beautiful, beautifully making it about God. But that kind of confidence in our ethnicity, it sounds it sounds a lot like a fleshly confidence. And believe me, coming from my family, it's it's a thing, and we can get so caught up in talking about. Like the, the constant bad things that happened in the past and get so caught up in them. Um, but it's about God. It's not about the terrible things that have happened in the past all the time. They're very, like we were talking about last night, they're very key. God used them to show us how to witness to our, in, to our society and how to understand them. But just like, you guys know what I'm talking about, focusing on the past and just getting angry. And just, like, taking that and throwing it into the world, it's not useful to anybody. never has been. Um, Another one is your rank. So Paul says he is of the tribe of Benjamin. So this is kind of cool. This was not a disrespected Israelite tribe. Um, It was a distinguished tribe. So we were just, he just taught on Joshua, and you get to that part in Joshua with the dividing of the land, and you're like... This is cool. (laughs) So uh, just hearing about the land. No, it's super important. So when the promised land was divided among the 12 tribes, Jerusalem, the holy city, was in Benjamin's territory. Um, When the kingdom split, Judah and Benjamin remained loyal to the Davidic dynasty. So him saying he's a Benjamin knight is quite a thing. This is a high rank in their eyes. High praise. Uh, but regardless, Paul knows that many who think so highly of themselves will be humbled and bowing down to Christ in the end. So salvation isn't our rank, um, but a gift from God as we trust in the Lord of lords. He's the high rank, not ourselves. I remember encountering that a lot in junior high. Like, so you think you're better than me because you believe you, you, you don't sin stuff? It's like, it's not, that's not what it's about. Um, and thinking that way is... Uh, pretty awful because that's kind of where lucifer failed so let's not follow in his footsteps um another one is your tradition so paul says he's a hebrew of hebrews um while paul was fluent in greek he didn't abandon his hebrew culture he was fluent in hebrew um there's that point where he just starts speaking in aramaic and romans and they're like what and then he says something about loving the Gentiles, and they're like, oh, I'll kill him," <laughs> But uh, he was fluent in Hebrew, and he was devoted to his traditional culture. Um, the reality is that non-sinful traditions are they are not bad. They're fine. Um, but we can't place confidence in them uh, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to what we're living for. Um, I thought they had a good quote in there. It said... Being a traditionalist is of no more value than being a progressive if you aren't focused on Jesus. So even in any kind of division we're facing now, let's focus on Christ together and uh, we'll be okay. Um, If we focus on our cultural heritage, our family tradition, or I would definitely say our national practices or um, our national, just nationalism. Um, we can't focus on any of those for salvation or the perseverance of running the race, really. So those four—have uh, I offended everyone? Those four—any questions or comments on um, ritual, ethnicity, rank, or tradition? Ooh, okay. I think one thing—the way that maybe bears out in our culture, at least for me—is identity. Where, where do I
3: find my identity? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, my job will become so, I don't know, important of of the finding or I'll be identifying myself, you know, as, you know, according to my, you know, for everyone it's different, you know, and so a lot of people finding their significance, their identity and, um, well, a lot of things Yeah, that are going on in the culture. and. Um, That sort of helps, at least it helps me to sort of, um, maybe as a barometer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, am I really glorying in Christ at this moment in time, or am I yeah. glorying in, you know, what career you... or whatever, you know? Yeah, or you know, I know, you, I think you just said the else, but
4: when, you know the, like, right now you pointed out, it's a big thing about, where what is your skin color basically. Right. You know, and, and then you get these surveys that they ask you, how was your service, blah, blah, blah. And then hmm. it asks you, what is your ethnicity in this and that? Oh, yeah. I wonder I, what does, what difference does it make what, I'm, if I'm white, black, or brown? What matters is that I'm a person and I should receive good service.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hopefully they're trying to uh, <laughs> add that to fight against that. Yeah. That's <laughs>
4: what I always
2: like. Right, well, you know, but even today we get caught up in that whole thing. I mean, you know, um, you know, to be in the church, you know, I had a cousin. His big thing was I'm a Nazarene, you know. A, a
0: oh, yeah, you Baptist, mentioned this. You know what I'm
2: saying? And, and I, when well, I said the Nazarene, you know, we get caught up in that. Well, I'm Southern Baptist. So, well, that's <laughs> that. disgusting. Yep. No, I mean, you, we, we, get that thing. Like you said, baptism is a big thing. Or I'm Lutheran. Okay, you're Lutheran. Well, do you believe the Bible? Well, I'm Lutheran. <laughs> As I tell you, I mean, you, tell, you, know, I tell you narrow it down a little bit. But we get caught up in that stuff, right? Yeah. And 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 Paul just said, you know. That's not really where it's at. I mean, you can keep all
0: those things and, mm-hmm. you know. That's a really good example of how people will straight up just hide behind tradition or something. It's like, well, I'm Lutheran. You know, go Google it. Figure it out. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's right, like, right. What, are, what are you grilling me for? It's like, what's the right. Bible? Hey, Chris. Um, Hi. Uh, I'm Chris's sister.
5: <laughs> 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 I just wanted to highlight that. I think, like, like, so, like he said, the confidence in the flesh list is really identity statements. Like they're things that yeah. they found their identity in. So, I think that if you back up and look at your second point, then boasting in Jesus is even as much as we talked about things you do, or mm-hmm. we even talked about thinking about things you did. I would say it's the contrast is finding your identity in Christ, even Mm -hmm. more so than just what you do. So, like, even if you do not find your identity in, um, like he said, being a Nazarene, or even if you do think about, like, how am I going to do this hard thing at work, even though it's hard, all of those things, if they're flowing out of finding your identity in Christ, that's what I think Paul is arguing to do. Because I think sometimes Christians who, let's say, if you're a, just a non-denominational a Christian, let's say, for example, so you, you've issued labels, and you don't have, you're saying, I don't find my identity in this, but I just try to do my best for the Lord. Suddenly, your identity, your confidence now can come from, I'm a Christian who does their best for the Lord. Hmm. And even then, you've missed the point. Yeah. Because I would say you can assess if you're boasting in Christ if when you fail what do you do mm-hmm. now you say it's okay because I'm in Christ his righteousness is what makes me acceptable not my own sure so there's another aspect I would say for a believer for me personally as a believer who grew up in church mm-hmm. I've noticed I can put my confidence in the
0: flesh, but it looks very spiritual. It looks sure. like doing good things. Yeah. That yeah, that's a great point. Um, and I like what you were saying too, Mike. Of uh, it's like it's really strange. We start um, we start default. Every every person has like has a conscience. They kind of know that they're doing wrong. That they're not okay with somebody. Um, well, I mean, let's just be honest. Romans 1, they know that God exists and they're not okay with it. <laughs> and then so the, the solution to that answer seems to be, especially in America, well, I'm going to go find out. i got to find out who I am because something's wrong. i got to find out who I am. And then they go out and chase all of these things again, all in the flesh. And that can happen for Christians or pe- yeah, people in the church too. I don't feel good, so I'm just going to do stuff. Christ is cool, but I'm going to do stuff. <laughs> it's like, um, and you can go up to these people and ask, like, what, what is it that you love about Jesus? And maybe you'll get, like, a practice list or some, you know, you don't really sense this deep, loving relationship of knowing Christ, which is the... F- as I was reading, and it was really convicting me, because I think I've been kind of focusing more on what my sister's been talking about, more on the work. Um, this passage really kicked my butt, because it was like, it's, all, it's just all about knowing him. Man, that's it, every day. When you
4: were talking about that, about having your identity in Christ and stuff, I was watching an, uh, an interview several nights ago, because the big thing, you know, right now is this gender transition stuff. Mm-hmm. So this guy, he had, he was a, you know, he was a man. He transitioned to a woman, and then he transitioned back because he, you know, in school he had issues and stuff. So he went back um, to therapy. He was in therapy for seven years and stuff. And it wasn't until he transitioned back to a man that he realized gave his life to Christ, that's where his identity lied. It wasn't it the other stuff, you know? And that those those therapists had mm-hmm. failed him instead of helping him mm-hmm. figure out what was wrong and what he needed. That's where they failed him. And, and as he went on, he found that it was God and he gave his life totally to God. And he yeah. spoke boldly about that. He said, I am. God's child, I am a Christian, and I was sitting there
0: crying. To like, yeah, I would be too. You know, it's like, <laughs> that
4: doesn't matter. What matters is who I am in
0: God. Yeah. Praise God for that. And um, I have like the conviction, with studying this, that I don't know if you can find your identity without Christ. Yeah. You know, if we're all made in the image of God, and then we lose that image when we sin. Where can I, where else can I go, Lord? Well, Um, does not
2: Solomon say that? (laughs) No, he does? Well, vanity of all, vanity is vanity, right? Right. I mean, he said, I tried it all.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) I think one thing that really, well, not just our own society, I think it really characterizes the world right now is that there's a desperate, there's a desperation to find significance. Oh, yeah. And I think in so many of these things, even the, I mean, what's become a fad among adolescents, this idea of, you know, what's my gender and that kind of thing. I think that's, in other times, you know, this kind of um, uh, search led, you know, to different things, maybe. Things that were considered rebellious and that kind of thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, this has lifelong-lasting, you know, consequences and stuff like that. But, but I bring that up because I think that's something that we we ought to always remember as we, because we have the gospel, we have the answer for sig- true
0: significance. Yeah.
3: This thing that people are searching for, they don't know it, but this is what they're searching for, and we have this answer. And that ought to drive us to be the ones to provide this answer to others. Yep. And so, I
0: felt the same thing right studying this. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and
3: the way that, I don't know, I, I've, I've really, the times, you know, way fewer than I should have, that i talked to people about Christ, about the gospel, I yeah. find myself going to this idea of significance, you know, at, yeah. you know how do you find significance In this world, how do you make your life count Mm -hmm. for something? You know, this is it, this is the ultimate,
4: the only thing. It's so sad that gender question that's determined
3: when you're born.
4: Well, it's determined in the womb, first of all, and then when you're born, you know what you are, and the story.
3: Then you search for significance somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's it's really tough. Yeah, somewhere
3: else.
2: Look in here, and
0: that's the end of it. Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't want to be in.
0: You know, not, but, I know. <laughs> but they're but they're lost. They're lost, Mary. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I understand. I understand the passion. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And it, it's really hard to talk to somebody about that. And be like, well, I believe that God knits the child together in the womb. So you're kind of saying that, like God was wrong or something. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> be really tough. Amen. And that's what that guy said,
4: too. He said, God
0: did not... I mean, he boldly said
4: He said, God did
0: not make a mistake when he made me a man. Oh, wow. And I just thought, wow, that was... Trying to try make me cry? Normal? I have to teach up here. Um, getting more into what my sister is talking about, about being in church. The next three, we've got his religious achievements. So he talks about... Don't have confidence in your rule-keeping. As to the law, a Pharisee. So Paul says that as to the law, he was a Pharisee, a lover and upholder of the law, capital L, um, viewed by the world as a teacher of the law, capital L, and a religious leader of his time. The Pharisees saw themselves as the separated ones and even added to the scriptures laws, lowercase l's, uh, because of their confidence in keeping the rules so salvation doesn't come by obeying human laws That ties in very much what she was saying. I have confidence in what I'm doing now let now like, if you can, so that's a great indicator. If you keep going that way, like my sister was talking about, you keep going the way of, like, having an identity in what I'm doing, but not Jesus himself, this is a great thing, a great example of what might happen. You'll just start adding laws. Be like, this is, like, what I do. I love, I love laws, love following them. I should make some myself. Be really good for everybody. <laughs> it's like, it's not good. He says, uh, you don't want to have confidence in your zeal. Ooh, this is an attack on America. You don't want to have your confidence in your zeal. So Paul says, as to zeal, he was a persecutor of the church. He stood up for what he believed in, right? Oh, anybody does that in America, they're great. Um, he stood up for what he believed in, and he was an actor believer in it. Unfortunately, what he believed in was persecuting the church um, and canceling and killing Christians in Rome. Um, This really, for me, and I know there's a lot of perspectives, this fits very much into the live and let live model in this world. Um, Let them do what they want. They're passionate about it. They're good at it. Let them go. Um, That does not give us confidence for salvation and seeing Christ face to face. Um, Also, your obedience to the law. He says that as to righteousness under the law, he was blameless. Wow. So he was viewed as an obedient Jew. Uh, We know from Paul and James uh, that works don't produce faith, but faith produces works. So it isn't by our works that we are saved or that we have confidence, but our faith and confidence in Christ produces the works. Again, like she was saying, if I focus on the works, not so much. Focus on Christ. Then I will do the works and find my identity in Christ while doing what he did. Um, it produces the works, and then we can be joyful in doing what we're doing. Because if we try to do them without looking to Him, then we're trying to make our own identity and do the works, and we're not like Christ. So it's not going to be fun. It's going to be really weird and feel very awkward and awful. Um, the third thing, the third thing we'll just be looking at today is how to know Christ. This is seven through eleven. So verses seven through eleven. Somebody want to read seven through eleven again, please and thank you.
1: Whenever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. But that which is through faith in christ the righteousness which comes from god on the basis of faith that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that i may obtain
0: the resurrection from the dead thank you so they're talking about in the book how a lot of people call this the the essence of pauline theology uh, Pauline being things written by Paul. Um, at the center of the Pauline theology, the center is Christ in whom Paul mentions by name nine times in five verses. And in verses seven and eight, Paul shows us something that negates all the other things he just listed. Um, if somebody who was reading this at the time was reading the things he would be listing, they'd be like, man, I, I want to like get dinner with this guy's. I want to be like this guy, he's so cool. he does Hebrew of Hebrews, wow, Benjamin, wow. Um, he negates all of them right here. Um, so in speaking about counting all of the worldly values he just listed as loss, or filth, or rubbish, or in a lot of translations, dung, or they say like, I won't go, I won't go into it, you get it. Uh, he, also, he also tells us that he does so for the sake of Christ. Um, knowing him and gaining him in knowing him. So Paul is basically saying all of those amazingly worldly cares and admonitions I just listed are human waste um, compared to knowing Christ. It's amazing. All those things that I am, those things that I earned, those things that the world looks at that are so great, just knowing this guy is so much better than being that. I don't want to do that anymore. And I'm the best of them. Um, So in his vulgarity and saying that it's rubbish because it was equal to like dung or like animal excrement, the vulgarity is deliberate. It's very deliberate. It's like, get this in your head. Um, um, He is trying to get his point across very clearly. And I think that as you read that, just ask yourself, do you see him getting his point across? When you look at rubbish and what that really means, do you really see? Like, can I guess when you find yourself in times when you're not doing this, do you feel like you could face Paul or Jesus and be like, "Hey, I'm not doing this." Be like, "I told you that was dung. Don't do that. Um, I told you it was rubbish." Um, so our rituals, our ethnicities, our ranks, our traditions, um, our rule keeping, our zeal, our obedience to the law—they're all worthless um, in comparison with knowing Christ. And finding our identity in him and then doing what he did, doing what he commanded us to do. Um, We're doing that now. We're sitting here and learning about him. We're talking about him with. If you go out and talk about him with your family and friends, if you pray without ceasing, if you're reading about him and meditating on who he is, following his example, or like Paul, being beaten, imprisoned, whipped, stoned, shipwrecked, and in constant danger, um, that's better. That's better than uh, the American uh, dream. Uh, We do all of these things inside of our confidence in Christ and our salvation in him. And there really is no alternative if you take the time to weigh it out. Um, I think we get in trouble when we don't take the time every single day to preach the gospel to ourselves and weigh it out every single day and remember every day why we do what we do. Um... We touched on this a couple weeks ago, but they do a cool thing here. They break verse 9, 10, and 11 into justification, sanctification, and glorification. glorification. It's kind of like Paul tells us what to do, and then he's like, this is what your life is going to look like (laughs) as a Christian. Um, So in verse 9... Even though Paul previously labeled himself as blameless uh, from a worldly perspective, here we get the real perspective. Um, He says, he counts it all rubbish in order to gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul, of course, writes about this quite a bit in some of his uh, other writings. Um, but Paul needed the righteousness of Christ in order to be justified before God. You see, the problem, and this is like what Mike was talking about earlier, the problem is only righteous people are going to heaven. Um, they're the only people who are going to go. And Romans 3.11 says, what about being righteous? Anybody know? Romans 3.11 You're always whispering. 311 says, none is righteous. No, not one. Yep. So if only righteous people are going to heaven and none is righteous, I think we have a problem. Um, and that's what uh, Mike was talking about earlier. Every single person, we're driving in traffic, we're standing in line, being annoyed that, you know, whatever happened, circumstance. All these people around us are not righteous if they aren't saved, and they're not going to heaven. So I'm over here knowing Christ and relishing and knowing Christ and having this awesome thing, and uh, all these people around me need to hear it. Um, They need the imputed righteousness of Christ. They need it. Um, And all that means is that His righteousness put on them Um, Much like, sorry, I always go to this example, but much like when God sacrificed the animal and clothed Adam and Eve after they were out of the garden. Um, They need the imputed righteousness. We see this through the Old Testament. The way Moses begged for the Israelites, the way Joseph had mercy on his brothers, the way John the Baptist spoke the truth to the lost, the way Elijah stretched himself on the dead boy three times, covered him with his body three times, and raised him to life the way God provided a ram for Abraham and Isaac they're all pictures of the answer to the world's question what must I do to be saved they're all pictures of that Jesus already did it um, he did the deed he paid the price he conquered sin and death and he did it while um, having the greatest identity far better than what Paul listed here um, being completely sinless and honoring the Lord in everything that he did Um, You often hear justification. So justification, as we learn in other writings, it's a free gift from God, received by faith. Um, No other way to get it. And some people say, it's just as if I never sinned. In the book, they made a funny point of like, well, maybe it's more so it's just as if I've always obeyed. Um, Because that sounds more like Christ. So, Sanctification 3.10, in verse 10, we see that Paul didn't think of himself as like this one who's, when it comes to being a Christian, I have arrived. (laughs) Um, No, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Uh, just a quick raise, raise of the hand. Has anyone here, when it comes to knowing Christ, ever gotten bored of it or disinterested in it? Got what? Am I the only one? <laughs> My dad's kind of like, I'll throw a little bit, I guess. Got kind of bored. Like, uh, not today. I just want to play video games. Yeah, that's embarrassing, right? It's not a fun thing to raise your hand. Yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. Um,
4: Genesis, or I think it is what he says, you know, so-and-so and so of so and so and on and on. <laughs> there you go, there you go. I'd rather go read books somewhere else or do something. <laughs> I
0: yep. to do I'll be even worse. I'll be straight up just like thinking about how wonderful he is, and I'll be like, I just, I don't want to think about other stuff. I don't want to think about that right now. Just, just a crappy human being. Um, so we're all susceptible. We're all susceptible to growing idle when it comes to knowing Christ. And uh, Paul knows that about himself, and he's admitting that about himself for us. Um, but as his love for Christ and his understanding of Christ—they only make Paul want to know Him more. That's the the Psalm 37.4 4 thing. Uh, but Philippians three seventeen says brothers join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us that's a that's quite a focus Um, and as we observe his life in the scriptures uh, we can see this this all-consuming all-consuming passion to know christ um, to help us get away from that reason why we raised our hands Uh, I think we can really get there I really do I'm not pessimistic I think we can really get to the point where later in our lives we almost never get bored of this Um, I believe in what God can do I think he can really do that let's not be too pessimistic about our sin like I really think the better we get even sooner maybe sooner than later we can get to a point where we're reading and we're doing these things often and I don't know. I just, I, I believe if Paul can do it, we can do it. This is Paul. Paul's terrible. He's a terrible guy. <laughs> we can definitely do it. Don't um, don't let your lack of confidence get in the way of the confidence you need. <laughs> See, that's putting confidence in yourself, right? And J.R. Pack, Packer put it really well in the book. He said, once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God... Most of life's problems fall into place of their own accord. If you know that your main purpose is knowing God, the other things just, they're just not as difficult to deal with. Um, Still difficult, but not nearly as difficult to deal with. I feel like the big battle in sanctification is what is your main business in life. I think we get saved and he starts to grow in us and he starts to bless us. But then when he's growing us and he's blessing us, he's giving us these trials to grow us. And then we do this weird thing where the trials come in and the blessings too, the blessings too. And we misconstrue them and allow them to become distractions away from him. Kind of like makes me think of like maybe when I was a kid and my parents, I wasn't very happy with them, but it was my birthday and (laughs) they gave me presents and I wasn't happy with them. So I was like, thanks. And just like walked away. like Still not happy about what happened the other day. Um, thanks for the present, though. I'm going to go play with it. It's like enjoying the present and completely missing the point of the relationship. It's like, I gave you this because I love you and to grow you. It's like, well, I'm going to use it to be distracted and not think about you. Um, that's kind of the big battle, I think. In sanctification, it's similar to the Old Testament Deuteronomy. You do what I want you to do you'll be blessed, you don't, curses. But with this, we're, we're stuck in this relationship with God, so it's like, I'm going to bring you trials to make you better, and I'm going to bless you to make you better too. Don't lose focus on me. That's another thing, so that's another indicator. Like, if we identify with ourselves, we're not even going to understand blessings. We're not even going to understand trials. The, the things that happen every day, we're not even going to understand what's going on in our lives. Um, so we definitely want identity in Christ and knowing Christ. And lastly, I mean, there's a lot to talk about lastly, but um, glorification 311. Paul says that by any means possible that he may attain the resurrection from the dead. Uh, The means he's speaking of, again, as we've been identifying, and I hope we walk away here knowing very well, these are the means from God, not from ourselves or our own understanding. Uh, let Proverbs three five slice that out of your mind. Um, when God redeems a person, he's using the same creative power that he used when he spoke the universe into existence. He can redeem. Um, he shines in our hearts to give us the knowledge of Christ. And then in glorification, even more will be revealed. Uh, we will see the face. We'll see Christ face to face we'll be reigning as citizens in his uh, sinless kingdom and learning more about his infinite character and we'll be working joyfully as image bearers forever and ever. So God works in us, his work in us will be complete Um, and knowing Christ without sin around will be in its perfected and unchanging state. So uh, it might be hard to know Christ now, but again, we can always have this hope for the future. Where knowing Christ now might have its difficulties, but eventually the knowing of Christ will be completely unhindered and will continue into forever um, as we get to know him more and more and more. Everybody excited for that? you see some nods? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I know it's early. Um, So Paul, he throws everything to the side because only God can bring such a blessing as glorification. Uh, We have to go to the source and know Christ. That's another thing, yeah. Whenever you think about glorification, just like the only person who could do this, this thing that I'm hoping for is God. So why don't I spend my time knowing him instead of getting confused in my own little world? Like the very place that I'm going, you know, it doesn't, it's not logical. Um, So we looked at a lot this morning. Um, We looked at how it's no trouble for us to uphold the gospel to each other. And in fact, it's, it brings protection to us and to our church. Don't get too lost on the repetition of the gospel. I think as a kid, I was like, yeah, Jesus died. I get it, which is embarrassing to say, but it's true. As a kid, I was like, I get it. Goodness gracious. I want to watch cartoons. It's different every week. Um, no, thank you. Um, a good steak is good every time. Um, Jesus... Um, what he did. Let's keep keep on it. Keep reminding each other. Keep reminding yourself. Keep talking about it. Keep living it. Keep rehearsing it. The gospel is fine to repeat. It's safe for us, and no problem to share it. Um, and we looked at the three distinguishing marks in this passage of a Christian. We have the Spirit of God. People can tell. Um, as they get to know us more. We boast in Christ. People can definitely tell if you do that. And we put no confidence in the flesh. These are all a way to be an extremely bright, Christ-like light in this dark world. And lastly, we looked at how, how we know Christ through the process of justification sanctification and glorification. Again, justification, we get to know Him. Sanctification, it's like, whoa, this is difficult. But I get to know Him more and more and more, and then glorification, oh, we'll all get there. And um, the glory of knowing Christ is more important than anything else that doesn't grant us salvation. So what we talked about today, this is the meaning of life. And uh, please take it with you this week and let it be the meaning of your life. And if you can do your best to make, not make yourself the meaning of your life, I know it's my struggle. If we could try really hard to just not do that this week and pray for each other. Everyone here, pray for each other, including my family. Pray for everybody here to make knowing Christ the center of your week. Even if, it's like, even if it's like quitting smoking or something. It's like, I'll just try one week. I just want to know if I can do it for one week. Just f- completely focus on knowing Christ for one week. Just push it all aside. I think if you get a taste of it, you'll be like, this is pretty good, actually. So let's do that this week. Mm-hmm.